Hey everybody, welcome to the Weekender edition of the Muckrake Podcast. I'm Jared Yates Sexton, I'm here with Nick Houseman. Uh We've got a show packed to the gills. Uh, we've got Cinema Mansion voting down the voting rights bill. The president got in front of some microphones and talked to some people. He could not be pulled away from this. We're going to discuss all of that and more. Uh, but before we do, Nick, uh, we got to talk about insurrection. We got to talk about dudes in eye patches with weapons and, and, and plans to overthrow the government of the United States of America. Uh, the eye patch is always a nice little uh, detail. Um, wait, were you, where's your, your no can of, uh, of beverage? I, I, uh, listen, I'm, I'm, to, to pull back the curtain, because again, this is uh, for our patrons. And reminder, if you're listening to the preview, go over to patreon.com slash podcast. Why haven't you done it already? Come along on this journey with us to pull the curtain back a little bit. Uh, I'm finishing my book this weekend. Uh, I've got, I've got, 50-ish pages to get to. Um, it's 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 going really really well. I'm going to get there. I need to be need to be clear headed. I need to be uh, ready to play. Is what I need. I need to be sharp. I hear it. It's bring your A game, perhaps. I need to bring my A game exactly. Okay. Well, then I then I that's fine. Then no, we'll we'll have to to uh, sacrifice the A the AMSR AMSR. What is it? What's that thing where you at? Everyone speaks and they whisper. A- ASMR. We're gonna. Oh, we're gonna have that. to, you know, that's that's the can opening. That's the ASMR that we all love to hear. I'll make it. I'll make a deal with everybody when we tape our episode on Monday, which is the day that my book is due. Yeah. But that that episode, I listen. You're going to notice a marked difference in oh. my in my personality, <laughs> how I approach the world. It's going to be like a a butterfly let loose into the world. I, I might have a beer with you then. Love it. I absolutely love it. And hopefully, we can be toasting at that point to. These people being held accountable, and for anyone who hasn't been keeping track of this thing, and and what I love, by the way, is how many critics of this situation with January 6th have just been saying, has anybody been charged with an insurrection yet? Like, how are you saying it's an insurrection if nobody has been charged? Well, guess what? We got a shit ton of people at this point who have been charged with trying to overthrow the government of the United States. Uh, First and foremost is a delightful fellow named Stuart Rhodes, who for the past, uh, since 2009, has basically been running around the country, gathering together uh, militia members, anti-government extremists, under the banner of fighting the New World Order, which, Nick, as you know, is is code for your people are trying to uh, control the world and we have to stop them. Yeah, let me, hang on, I, I'm just getting, finishing our meeting. Okay, go ahead. Get those special instructions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've been running around the country doing all of this, uh, gathering weapons, working on stuff. And uh, they were one of the main actors at January 6th. Uh, they engaged allegedly, Uh-oh. we got to legally do that, allegedly in a conspiracy to overthrow the government of the United States. Uh, and I have to tell you, for anybody who is interested in these kinds of things, the developments over the past couple of days, the things that have been revealed, Nick, uh, I, I would just, uh, I would throw this out there. I, I don't, I don't think that the situation ends with the Oath Keepers. I think maybe it goes a little bit higher 
than Stuart Rhodes and the Oath Keepers. Right. Well, the plausible deniability is always the key here. And how can they have separated? How can the powers that be, which is a big phrase that this guy likes to use, the powers that be, how separated are they from the the underlings, the the grunts on the ground who are uh, actually carrying out some of this stuff? Um, yeah, I, it definitely feels like the, the coordination points continue to bubble up and we keep seeing closer and closer ties. I remember, and it's kind of been kind of hushed at this point, but I remember seeing reports and like photos of Oath Keepers with certain members of Congress like the, leading up to January 6th. So I imagine they have video surveillance of this stuff too, if that really comes about, and that's going to be another layer here. But yes, uh, it, to me, it's, it sounds like, I, I don't want to take away your thunder because I feel like you have the real um, conspiracy, what you think is going to happen, but it seems to me that this goes to the White House and I think that they were dumb enough to, you know, to speak about it and write about it and have it in paper. They're going to have evidence as the Supreme Court voted. They're going to have to release all these papers, it looks like. And they're going to find out that there is a bit of a paper trail, if not a huge paper trail, that connects the old keepers in the ground to, at the very least, who, who do you think would goes to? I, I, I think at this point, and, and listen, I'm, I'm not a betting man. But I like to talk about possibilities. You're, you're a lover, but, not a fighter. I like to talk about things that, that seem more likely than not. And as we were talking about before we started recording, um, you know, if, if you know how like, and I hate Las Vegas, but I know that these things exist. I'm not a Las Vegas guy. I'm sorry. But you know how they have the boards, you know what I mean? And they tell you like what the odds are on like a game. I'm familiar right? with that. I think that the board just moved a little bit, and as you look up from the absolute hellscape that is Las Vegas culture, apologies to any of our Las Vegas listeners, you will notice that the board now shows that the numbers have moved around and it now looks more likely that Mark Meadows, the chief of staff to Donald Trump, could very well end up being the fall guy in a lot of these things. And we'll talk more about why that is and why, what this is looking like. But before we do that, let's get let's get to what we're certain of at this point. First of all, that they are dumb enough to have engaged in some of these things. <laughs> like this is <laughs> let's let's be very clear. People like the Oath Keepers, people like Stuart Rhodes, they are very dangerous people, right? Mm -hmm. They're just dangerous enough, and they're just dumb enough to be incredibly useful to people. You know what I mean? Like to 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 be on the ground proxies for people who who would love some of these dangerous, violent, and a lot of them by the way are ex-military, a lot of them have training. Uh, enough of these people that they can make situations move in one way or another. Uh, that 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 is without dispute that these people come in handy. But they went to January 6th and they didn't go to pick up a MAGA hat. They didn't go to live stream to their followers and advertise their real estate business. Uh, they came ready to ready to do some business, right? Well, it's funny because if you read like it, uh, the uh, the revolution uh, in this country, you know, way back in the seventeen late seventeen hundreds, you know, if you read that in a certain frame of mind then perhaps you can put yourself in that same, you know, mind state set where you're like, okay, we're in the same exact situation here. Yep. The British are coming. We yep. see the whites of their eyes. We are going to now cosplay that whole scenario in real life again. That is their rallying cry. And listen, some of these people we already say, uh, especially on the politician side, don't believe what they say. These Oath Keepers, 
are fully on board and truly no, they, believe. They are true believers, my man. Yeah. And so their whole thing is like, and that here is, and we'll get into a little bit more of the specifics, but like, you know, they were convinced that Trump was going to simply do a big data dump and, you know, and show all of the work, show all of the, you know, the the uh, the ballot stuffing and all of the illegal voting. And before he left office, that was going to be a really big thing, which is which also would have been another green light for them to, like, have more of a revolution and have a violence in the streets and be justified. You did you see the reports that a lot of people who somehow left articles of their belonging in you know Nancy Pelosi's office called the next day to ask if it was in the lost and found? Did you see that? That's no, is that real? That is real. Now, do you know what that says? Because it's interesting. You want to make fun of these people? Hey, like, why do you leave your phone somewhere? I never leave my phone anywhere. But like, what does it say to you that? And it wasn't just one. The report were like, you know, numerous people called to say, "Hey, did you, can, did you find my backpack in her office?" What does that say to you about what they felt like they were doing? Well, I think there's a, I, I think there's a lot of different things. And, and whenever we talk about January 6th, it's always important that we we talk about the fact that this was a disparate group of people. Right. Mm-hmm. There there were on on one hand, there were a lot, of, a lot of MAGA heads, much, much like there are parrot heads following Jimmy Buffett around. Right. There were a lot of people who wanted to be at a MAGA party. They wanted to be around Donald Trump. They wanted to hang out. They wanted to be around their own kind, such and such. Uh, we also had a bunch of QAnon diehards who literally believed it was going to be the storm or the great awakening, right? They believed that this was the prophesized moment of truth in which humanity would, you know, reach some 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 sort of newer, higher level and that all of the criminals would be rounded up, the coup that well they were looking for a military coup, right? Then we have a bunch of people like the oath keepers. And the mindset of revolution is really important. I'm glad you brought that up because it changes, right? So like you're in a crowd, you're with all of these people in this crowd of January 6th. Let's say that you're an Oath Keeper, right? The entirety of your philosophy and ideology is that the government has been taken over by global elites, Jews, and that you need to take it back, right? You are a revolutionary, you are a true patriot. As all of a sudden people are going into the Capitol, what enters your mind? You think, oh, this might be it, right? I might be in this at this moment. This is an opportunity to do something. Also, there's a possibility it had been coordinated with some powerful people that maybe this would be it. This would be the moment, right? Well, guess what? It wasn't the moment. Guess what? It didn't work out. It didn't, you know, so maybe some people didn't make a call. Maybe some things didn't come through. All of a sudden, on, on the other side, you're like, oh, come on. That wasn't a revolution. What are you talking about? That was a revolution. It's like George Costanza and Seinfeld coming back the day after he quits his job. Oh, I didn't mean that. You thought that was real? Come on. It's a state of mind. And the Oath Keepers think of themselves as a revolutionary vanguard and that they're going to lead the revolution. And eventually all these MAGA heads and all these people are going to come along with them. But you're right. The mindset changes and shifts. But I can tell you, they went to Washington, D.C., ready to roll. So here's what I understand, because we're seeing a lot of the communications leading up to January 6th, where there's a lot of planning, a lot of coordinating. People understood the laws of Virginia or D.C., which is you cannot have concealed weapons, carry concealed weapons. So you saw a lot of these messages saying, I want to send guns ahead of me or, you know, have them delivered somewhere. So they're waiting when when I don't. So I'm not carrying my person. But when when the time comes, boom, people are going to rush in here with our guns and and, and arm us. Right. Nick, tell me if I'm wrong, because I am uh, I'm simply a caveman lawyer. These times frighten me. Um, 
That that sounds to me like forethought. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty good oh, okay, definition. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. So would it, would it also be forethought if this group was uh, preparing for special operations, including barricades, ambushes, and urban warfare? Would that would that also be forethought? Oh, you you would expect that, and don't forget, like you said, they all have, or many of them have. If they don't have military training directly, then they teach themselves. Remember how we talked about like the, the when you teach the animals how to do sign language, and then they teach the other animals. This is what they're doing. They teach them all the military stuff, right? What if what if the founder, uh, um, a certain eye patched individual, while he was on the way to Washington D.C. after, by the way, going to Washington D.C. repeatedly to uh, carry out. Um, Oh, you know, surveillance to see what was what and where things were while he was on the way to D.C., while he was coordinating people to put weapon caches just away from the place where you couldn't have weapon caches. What if on the way there he was spending thousands of dollars on things like platform semi-automatic rifles? Mm -hmm. What if they had a drone that could be used for surveillance? What if what if all these things were being trafficked? That seems to me to almost border. And again, I'm, I'm merely a caveman lawyer. That seems to border on right. forethought. You're a caveman lawyer who did not sleep at a Holiday Inn last night, Express last night. But no, um, I only I only stashed my weapons cache at the Holiday Inn Express. Right, and the reason why you, you're bringing this up in in this manner is because what you'll hear Republicans say time and time again yep. is that not only was it not an insurrection, but it was a public, you know, it's a spur of the moment, just sort of everyone got out of control a little bit here. They got a little too excited about what they, you know, were believed in about this country, and you know, they got a little rowdy. Like that's what they wanted. Who doesn't uh, get a little drunk on patriotism every yeah, now and then? Right, revolution. You know. Further. But here's yeah. what I understand. So the bottom line is they had what they called quick reaction forces ready to go stationed around in and around the Capitol to descend upon it when they felt like the green light was turned on uh, with their weapons and, and, and make it an official military operation or run like a military operation. They didn't do it, though. And that is what was so strange. So, A, we're very fortunate that it wasn't completely and utterly bloody. And it would have been very easy, right, in the melee of what was going on. And they're smashing everything and they're killing, they're killing well, whatever, the deaths and, uh, and the, uh, the police are getting just beaten up. Uh, that would have been the signal. And I, I've seen, like, have you ever been in a bar fight? Have you ever been around a bar yep. fight like, that's, like, yep. chaotic and every, out of control? Yep. I've seen people who I have been talking with, you know, in a very calm, interesting, about yep. movies or whatever, turn into... You know, uh, like commando. It's insane. It's crazy. It's scary. Yep. So um, I, I just don't understand why they didn't ultimately go in and do that. Well, so there's a couple things happening here, and this brings us to uh, the the wider narrative that I've been having conversations with people about this. That people are being very, very careful about how they talk about this in public. I'll just say that, right? Because um, I'll, I'll I'll just go ahead and throw this out there. Investigations are ongoing. Investigations are ongoing. So uh, let me just present to you in that arena. How about this? We'll 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 try um, a thought experiment. Okay. Yeah, you know, just a thought experiment. How about that? Okay. I mean, yeah, you know, there's nothing happening here. We're just a couple of guys hanging out, talking on a podcast, talking about. I don't know, things that might have happened or things that could have happened that have no relationship to reality or such. So while the Oath Keepers, who it's weird weird enough that why they were at the Capitol, do you know who they were there with, by the way? 
Um, I don't. Well, uh, all the other three percenters and whatnot, that kind of stuff. No, hold on. Here's an individual. The name doesn't ring a bell. I, I need to read this off this. Um, Roger Stone. Oh yeah. Weird. I've heard of him. Yeah, I've heard of him too. Anyway, yes. I, I knew the name sounded familiar, but so they're there with uh, Roger Stone. Just and by the way, together and right, I think he covered the tab. That was all, right? Right. I Roger Stone has never covered a tab. Oh, fair enough. Don't do not do not do that. Like even <laughs> even as a joke or a bit, do never ever give Roger Stone credit for covering a tab. Uh, but you know, Roger Stone has interesting ties to people in power, including uh, the president of the United States at that point. Um, as the Oath Keepers are starting to plan for January 6th, a weird thing starts popping up, Nick. And the weird thing that starts popping up in all their communications, their speeches, all of the things that they're doing trying to get Oath Keepers to Washington, D.C. on January 6th, they start bringing up the possibility that something might happen at January 6th and Donald Trump, as President of the United States of America, and again, we're, we're just, we're, we're doing a thought experiment here, that Donald Trump, as president of the United States of America, would have a reason to invoke the Insurrection Act. Mm -hmm. And what the Oath Keepers came to believe, probably independently on their own, like there probably no chance that Roger Stone, you know, served as a liaison between, you know, the Oath Keepers and the White House or anybody like that. Um, even though it's kind of weird that we, we talked about this not too long ago, that there were a bunch of presentations on Capitol Hill with members of Congress and Republicans talking about the possibility of declaring Insurrection Act and, you know, going after it that way. There were all kinds of PowerPoints and presentations going around. Mark Meadows obviously uh, had to turn this over to the January 6th Commission before he realized that he had committed what we call an oopsie. Mm -hmm. uh, so somehow or another, they came to the conclusion that if the Insurrection Act was enacted, that Trump would then designate the Oath Keepers as members of a peacekeeping militia. It's very odd that they would have that idea and that that would be floating around the halls of power among the Republican Party and the White House at the same time. Again, a thought experiment. I assume that all of this is a big, giant coinkadink, as we like to say. Uh, I, I can't imagine that there's anything else to draw from this. Well, listen, if you want to ignore the big story from last week, which was that all of these fake uh, electors that were sent from various yep. states uh, were almost the same exact, you know, uh, written uh, statements, uh, which definitely indicates coordination, then 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 sure, it sounds completely coincidental. Who knew? You know, this is just a bunch of random things. But uh there's no question that this is shaping up to be. Now, here's the funny thing is we are now sounding a little bit more like they are as far as deep state and coordination and all this kind of stuff. But like, at least we have some evidence to that. To that I mean, at least there's paper trails at this point. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that all a coincidence again, that we're talking about these investigations and the rhetoric around the investigations from official channels are about, hey, you build and you move up. Because here's what we're looking for at this point, right? Stuart Rhodes, probably going to jail for a long time. Mm -hmm. That's that's probably where this thing is going. And amazingly, by the way, <laughs> immediately as he got arrested, everyone's just like, ah, oh, he's obviously a federal agent. He's obviously <laughs> right. an informer. Which is how this whole thing works, right? As as 
Fox News helps with this shit, as Alex Jones helps with this shit. By the way, weird, weird fact, Stuart Rhodes kind of gained momentum going on Alex Jones' show. So that's fun, too. So as all of this stuff is happening, Stuart Rhodes is probably going to jail for a while. The question is, can you go higher than that? And you and I pay attention to this stuff. We paid attention to history. Mark Meadows has all of the trappings of a fall guy in this situation. It's high, but not too high. Uh, it's quarantine there. He bites the bullet. He goes in. He does his time hoping that Donald Trump could probably, uh, uh, you know, give him a pardon or a Republican would give him a pardon. But doesn't he just stink a fall guy in this situation? Yeah. I mean, John Dean is what instantly came yeah. to mind here. They because th There is a very, you know, when you look at different like conspiracies or what the government has participated in that have been sort of nefarious behind the scenes stuff, this is always how they set it up. You need to be able yep. to have like what seems to be rogue people who are acting on their own. Yep. Uh, because they are placed into a situation, you know, with some thought about this and how to get to influence their actions by like, you know, having a rally per se, right? Yep. If you have a rally there and then they have, then that gets them there and then who knows what's going to happen, what? right? What? How could I possibly be responsible for what people do at this rally in which I claim that the election was stolen and I told them to go to the Capitol? And, and I'll go with you. And I'll go with you. <laughs> by the way, can we just take a quick moment and just appreciate how that might be the most uniquely Donald Trump thing ever. I'm going to go with you to the Capitol. And then he goes and watches it on TV. Yeah. Like, well, you that's know that, most Donald Trump Well, thing. you know that well, some, one of the aides would have been like, well, Mr. President, are you ready to go? He's like, fuck no, I'm not going. Oh, what are you kidding? I'm going to go up with these people? <laughs> it's cold outside. Think, no, it's chilly. <laughs> also, that's a far walk for him. Yeah. He's not going to the Capitol. He's yeah. going to go watch yeah. Remember, he wouldn't go out in the rain in uh, in France, so it certainly wouldn't go out in the cold in, uh, in there. Uh, here's another thing I didn't understand, because you read the, the article uh, that was uh, has all these excerpts of the Oath Keepers leading up to this and their the interviews on these different podcasts. Well, at one point, he actually, actually comes out, I think it's Rhodes or one of those guys says, that you know QAnon is a PSYOP. They were convinced. He was convinced it was a PSYOP, which means like it was set up by the CIA, false information, yada, yada, yada. Okay, that's actually encouraging because that kind of means like maybe they understood that QAnon really wasn't real and what they were really saying is a bunch of horseshit, right? But then like within a few sentences, he starts to continue to call these politicians pedophiles, among other things that are yep. straight out of the QAnon canon. Yep. And it's like if that doesn't completely encapsulate what we're dealing with here, I don't know what does because it's like they've assimilated that stuff. And then they can somehow turn around and pretend like they understand that it's not real, but but they still believe it anyway, right? It's it's such a strange uh, time we live in. It's such a strange mindset to be in. It's hard to understand how you're supposed to communicate with people like that. And you've been listening to a free preview of our Patreon-exclusive Weekender show. If you want to get in on all the fun and get that bonus episode every week, not to mention exclusive content, uh, live hangouts, question and answer sessions. We're even going to do some of these live so you can come and watch how the sausage is made. All you have to do is go over to patreon.com slash podcast. On top of that, you get to hang out with the Muckrake community, which are a really good group of people. So you should do that. That is patreon.com slash podcast. We'll see everybody next week. Thank you.